Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. I'm going to be completely honest with you before you listen to this episode. I nearly scrapped this because I was feeling a little self-conscious about the fact that we were kind of all over the place, wasn't very fine-tuned. We're very brain foggy. We are recovering from COVID right now, and it's just made everything so much more difficult. But then I thought, you know what? I just need to get rid of that perfectionism in me, that idea that even our podcasts have to be somehow perfect and wanted to just offer something that was real and true, a very scattered conversation between husband and wife about none other than vasectomies, sex, and COVID. So enjoy today's episode. Let this be my minor apology for how chaotic it is at times. At least it felt like it to me, but I hope everyone's doing okay. We are as well. Um, Recovery has been long and it's been a lot, but I'm so glad that we're on the other side of this. So thanks everyone for your support and for listening to today's episode. I really hope that it's insightful. I hope that it's also just causes some reflection on these conversations around fertility and uh, preventing pregnancy. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. We are doing a... This podcast episode was not planned before a vasectomy, but it certainly was one of the most controversial things I've ever done on the internet talking about a vasectomy had no idea that our lives would go that direction. We'd end up in magazines. Apparently, we I didn't even tell you this. We were on a talk radio show in LA about this entire topic. My balls were You're, on talk radio? Talk radio. Wow. Actually. Like NPR? I don't know what that means. NPR. It's like the most famous talk radio. Oh. Well, you we were on talk radio in LA, apparently, about the topic about a vasectomy, the backlash we received, the multitude of questions, the misinformation. There was so much to unpack. And a lot of people were like, we just would really love for you guys to talk about this on the podcast. And I think that at this point, people know you're not like an Instagram guy. They're not going to be able to go and follow you. But you do come on the podcast and and you speak you speak your bit. They can follow me. It's not big. Like, no, I literally don't tell anybody your handle because I'm so embarrassed. Of my handle or because of how few posts I have? <laughs> 
one time I said to Shane, we were on vacation and a couple drinks in. And I said to him, you need to start making more posts. And he immediately gets up, gets up from our little cabana chair. He walks over, comes back and he goes, check my Instagram. And I'm like, okay. And I go look at it. And he took a picture of a post and tagged Post Malone. And he was like, it's a post of a post. And I tagged Post Malone. Yeah. And he never, he never gave me a shout out. (laughs) He didn't get it. No, I don't know. (laughs) All right. So we are also just recovering from COVID, which actually intertwines with our conversation today. Very interestingly enough, but was it three weeks ago now you got a vasectomy? I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good concept of time because I've been We've been so COVID-y. sick. Yeah, so sick. Oh, actually, you know, I can just look by the timestamp. So March, yeah, it was about three weeks. We're coming up on three weeks. Okay, let me just unpack what happened because you had a vasectomy. Fact. It was in the books for a while, got postponed once, not by us, but by the doctor. You went in. It. You went in on St. Patrick's Day. Right. You were really sad because everybody right. else was out at the pubs and doing all the things, and you had to have a vasectomy. I. I went to a pub and while well, I was waiting for you. What? <laughs> but I was like, we let's have so much fun with this. A vasectomy. When is that ever going to happen again? Unless you're Michael Scott, which you're not. There's no snip snapping here more than once. And so we were, I wanted to have fun with it. You are, we're. Have fun with it. Have fun with cut my balls. You know? Yeah. Well, we're like that with everything, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a cake made and I ordered it like three days before. And I was like, I just want to do something. It'd be so funny. And I changed the little sign that said like snip, snip, hooray. Well, and... let's backtrack to the cake though. Okay. Because I remember when the cake lady dropped off the cake mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, does he, does he know about this cake? And yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I do now because I'm standing here. She's like, oh, is, is he still here? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it done? And you're like, no, it's, it's like, happening later. I'm like, oh, so this is clearly everybody knows that I'm going to have a vasectomy. No, I had asked you. Right. But I, I didn't know I didn't know someone would be delivering a cake when you know about my <laughs> right. u- upcoming your upcoming like hours later. And I contacted her. I found her through the market that I was at that week and she was like, Can I decorate it? I'll do your saying on it, but because I was like, just make a basic cake. Sorry about your balls. She was like, can I can I add some things to it? And she added some scissors and like a no sperm. It was honestly so adorable. So we go through this whole thing. You come home, you're recovering. And like weeks before when we had started doing this whole thing, like I asked you, is it okay if I share that you're getting vasectomy? And you're like, oh, for sure. And people were so fascinated about it. I just, to me, it was just a procedure. I didn't know that there was a lot of this chatter about. Neither did I. Like, to be honest, like I've known a couple, couple of people who have done it in the past. Mm. They're like, oh yeah, I just had a vasectomy. Had peas on my balls for a week or couple days really i was like oh okay so we just talk about these things like i don't who cares? i don't remember it being why is like it, a thing, thing why is it a, why is it a cake just saying my husband's getting vasectomy today i got him a cake i'm gonna read out some of the responses that we got it yeah no never gonna happen get your own shit cut out that way it's not an excuse 
He needs to keep walking away from you. Okay, wait, but they didn't cut anything out. I know, but again, I mean, let's... technically they did because I believe they actually took like a section of... Maybe. The, the vas deferens or whatever it's called out, mm. which is like the channel through which I think... I'm yeah. not 100% sure. Another one was, he needs to keep walking away from you. Why don't you get sterilized? Yeah, and in a while, you dump him and he'll wish he'll never done it, but oops, too late. Good, now he can get his girlfriend pregnant. But I already have a bait. Like, I don't want, I don't want, there's no way. We've done, like, we had a lemmy. Yeah. It's, it'll, it's only going downhill from there. <laughs> Every second child in the room is uproaring right this moment. <laughs> okay, so yeah, good. He can't get his girlfriend pregnant. I got a lot of those ones. Horrible monster. Lock her up. Your husband is getting that done because he's cheating. And I won't even read the rest of that one. No, wait, dude. I want to I hear what they said. It, I'm cheating. Cheating so he can bear back what? behind your back. What do you mean bear back? Like no condom. Like he doesn't have to. He can basically go and sleep with whoever and not get anybody pregnant, not get caught. Then it was, how about learning to... I haven't left the house in two years. (laughs) (laughs) That shouldn't matter. How about... You're interrupting so much. It's so implausible. (laughs) (laughs) How about learning to follow and learn your cycle to your husband? What, What does that mean? Leave her. So... This is actually fascinating because I went in to start looking at all of the different birth control rates. I did it just before the podcast. Everything is Googled. None of it is like 100% because it was me, a human, Googling other things that are human. But here's what I found. So what is it called? Yeah, following your cycle. So there's a way of like natural cycles and it's like how you take your temperature every day. It's incredibly accurate if it's done correctly, but most people by typical use. So there's like proper perfect use rates of like success. And then there's typical use. What's it called? It's like cycle tracking, I think is what it's called. A lot of people, it's not- I've never even heard- It's not inherently a negative thing to try. It's mostly just like it really does require a lot of you have to measure your mucus, like how it's tacky or not. That indicates it. Your temperature, your body temperature, all of these different things. It's basically following along your own cycle to see when you're fertile or not and like avoiding those times. This This is not health advice, though. Not health advice. No, but this is like a. these are one of the rates. So Based on birth control rates, just to talk about why we would make this decision at all, condoms at perfect use, 98%. Typical use, 82%. What is, okay, wait, what's the difference between typical? So perfect use is people using it the way they would use it, like how it's meant to be used. Perfect use is like following every single instruction, doing it perfectly. Typical use is based on uh, consumer practice. Like if you wear it as like a hat, which I think a lot of people do. <laughs> I don't think it's very effective. I think that there's a lot of, yeah, there's people who probably just misuse a condom, right? It's put not it over their head, blow it up with their nose. Well, they're, when you say put it on their head... <laughs> It could be. Okay. So the other one is pills, hormonal pills. Perfect use is 99%. Typical use is 91%. IUD is 99%. Pull-out method, our shining star of the last five years, 78%. I feel like that's a lot of like people blaming 
the pull-out method when really they weren't really doing a good job. I've heard that not everybody is sperm-free in their pre-ejaculation. So that has a lot to do with it You as well. heard this? I've read it once, but I don't have that okay. backed up in front of me. So you didn't hear it. You read it. I read it. You weren't like, you didn't overhear it at a, no. at a restaurant. Nope. Oh, okay. And so then when we talk about permanent contraception, I just copied and pasted this, but it said for female sterilization, which is getting your tubes tied, more than 99% effective, around one in 200 women will become pregnant in their lifetime after being sterilized. Now, the same stat can't be read for men because it's not based on the man getting pregnant, but male sterilization or vasectomy is around one in 2,000 men can become fertile again in their lifetime after a vasectomy. Overall, vasectomy is 99% effective after three months with proper testing and after a year. Well, I mean, but if you compare those two numbers, it's 10 times more effective. Well, it's an incomparable stat because one, it's like based on her ability to get pregnant and the other one is based on whether or not he still has sperm. Like it doesn't say if he's getting a woman pregnant, like you just can't measure the stats against each other. But uh, basically either or right so and based on some of those nasty comments you could be out there like boo, 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 you know yeah all over the place and we wouldn't know about it we'd only know about you'd only know about yeah so interesting all these stats maybe let's come to you because <laughs> 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 yes we did get all of this negativity first let's go there uh, were you surprised about the vasectomy? No, about no. the about the response, like some of the hate that I got. I was really sad at first. I was, I mean, I wasn't really surprised because it's the internet and it's mm. like, and it was TikTok, which is like, you know. I landed on the wrong side of it. it. Men were very upset. They were even dropping links to don'tgetthesnip.org or something like that. And on that page, which was like a totally just like chopped together website using Comic Sans, mm. was all of the stuff about men not being able to have sex the same. It felt different. It caused all these like issues. And then anyways, long story short, it comes back to it was all very shocking, but let's make, how did we make the decision in the first place? Because it didn't just come up with Lemmy. Back when we were dating, you brought up a vasectomy. Did I? Yes. I don't remember that. Because back when we were dating, I tried IUD and I had very adverse, like, I just want everybody to take everything with a grain of salt because it's just my personal experiences. I actually don't care what anybody does, but ultimately IUD was really bad for me. I tried a copper one and it messed me up. And previous to that, I had been on birth control for many, many years since I was a teenager for my period regulation. And that was a like, it was really difficult on my body overall. So I tried IUD when we were first dating and it was really not great. And I ended up getting it removed three months afterwards because for whatever reason, it caused my anemia to get a lot worse. So my periods were beyond unmanageable. And then we also, you know, tried condoms for a while. I have not an allergy to latex, but just a very big irritation to it. So it was causing a lot of like constant irritations every time we were having sex. And we ended up just going with the pull-out method. And at one point you're like, if we're, I'm fine just getting a vasectomy. Like that when we were having all these conversations, you were like, I'm good to just get a vasectomy. And I was like, no, because I have three kids. I know I'm good. But I don't know that you are, and I can't make that decision for you. But I mean, if I said I'm good with it, you weren't making the decision for me. (laughs) 
That's true. Okay, let's talk about a spring cleaning routine. Do you go for a full deep clean of the whole house or just some light decluttering? Well, it's just as important to take care of your mental space as it is your living space. And there's something so rejuvenating about getting down to what's essential and starting fresh. We recently just went through a decluttering of our house and it also brought up a lot of decluttering of the mind. They're so interconnected. Over the years, thoughts and emotions can build up. That's why it can be really important to talk to somebody who's trained to help you declutter your mental space. Talkspace therapists are available to message you anytime you need because you shouldn't have to watch your thoughts pile up until your next appointment rolls around. I find a lot of times in the past, I've treated therapy like an umbrella. You wait for the rain and then you pop it out and you're like, okay, now I need now I need to deal with it. But over time, I've learned that the more I do therapy when I'm not necessarily in crisis, but alongside it, before it, during it, after it, it can really help build up those tools that I need to navigate when that rain really does hit. Not to mention, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when that rain comes down, it's normal to want to put off getting help. The process of finding a therapist, scheduling appointments, and traveling to an office, well, that can be overwhelming all in of itself. That's what's great about Talkspace. They make it easy to get clarity and support from a licensed therapist anytime you need. And Talkspace, they offer 24-7 text, audio, and video messaging. Talkspace lets you talk to a licensed therapist without needing an appointment. They have thousands of therapists across dozens of specialties. Once you match with your therapist, you can message them anytime, anywhere. Whether you're just getting ready throughout the day, decluttering a little bit, or that rain is really coming down. Talkspace is private, secure, and most importantly, accessible. It's everything you love about therapy without the stuff that gets in the way. If thoughts and emotions are piling up, a fresh perspective can help you feel better. Match with your dedicated therapist today at Talkspace.com and use promo code PAPAYA during signup to get $100 off your first month. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code PAPAYA. I hope you're taking care of yourself today. Let's get back to today's show. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good. Me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy, and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. Ultimately, once Lemmy was born, was there anything in your mind that said, I don't know, maybe I do want to have another one? No. No, me either. I was I was so on the fence about having, like, it, I, I always liked, loved kids. I always mm. loved kids. and But I'm, I was always like, I want it to be the right time when I have a kid or kids. And I want to make sure that everything's, per- and that never comes. No. That never happens. But I feel like when we decided to roll the dice and potentially have a kid, mm. I was at the point where like, I mean, my job's pretty stable right now. Mm-hmm. We're in a good place. 
it's not going to get any better than this. If it doesn't happen, not a big deal. If it does happen, we'll see what happens. And that's, but and then it happened, you know? And when she was born, did you feel like, oh, wow, this was different than I expected? I think I maybe would want to have more. No. No. No, not at all. I had you know lots what, of moments of being like, oh, she would be such a, she'd be so cute with a baby. But it was all about like, I just wanted to give Lemmy more experiences. You know what, though? What? When we decided to roll the dice, mm-hmm. I thought we would be able to roll the dice more than once. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be immediate snake eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think it had to be because I think you and I were constantly so plagued with making that decision that immediately even after that time we both kind of went into like a bit of a panic like I don't actually think we're ready like this feels wrong I think there was so much in both of us that was like we just need to get this perfect it needs to be the right timing and I also think and I've talked about this a bit before but because it'd been so long since I'd had a baby, I couldn't imagine. And I think maybe I was guarding my heart a bit from the possibility that it, it wouldn't happen. And so there was, it was easier to feel like it was my decision and I was in control of that. And let's be real. Infertility is a very big common issue for so many people. And in my family, almost everyone like has some sort of a uterine issue or hormonal issue and had kids very young. I hadn't had, I hadn't been witness to a lot of people having kids in my family into their like mid to late thirties. Right. Except for my sister was the last one I saw. And I think she was like 35. So I think ultimately I was a little bit like, it's not actually going to happen. So sure, let's roll the dice. And then immediately like sweats broke out. Like, I actually don't think I can do this. And I mean, we know the rest. Yeah. And then we had a baby. And then we had a baby. But let's talk about people's questions because when it comes to, hold on, I did it in my Instagram story. So I have to scroll through my 45 tabs of Instagram stories. Okay. So yeah, like just. People have questions. Just set this, setting the stage here. I've only had a vasectomy once. I'm one person. You're a pro. I'm also going to say now. Women tend to talk to each other about things. Yeah. And they, they, they tend to share opinions and reach consensus and, and you know. Yeah. They share opinions because they talk about things. Guys don't talk about things. Mm. So my opinion could be out there from everybody else. True. Because yeah. dudes don't talk about these things. Which, thank goodness we had... Well, we have one friend, Scott. He was very good about talking about his and and prepped us with some good information, which I think was really helpful. And I also went to my Instagram and a lot of women shared what their husbands had done as well. And there was really some surprising things. So before we get into the questions, what were your key things that helped you in recovery? Um, I would say laying down. Mm-hmm. You were very like leg legs up. Yeah. Laying down for two days straight. Yeah. And and it's really only necessary, I think, for the first 24 hours. But like, I'm one of those people that just wants to heal as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So you got to put you got to put in the time at the, at the front. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm sure the second day I could have been up and like futzing around in the garage. It probably wouldn't have been good for my healing, though. True. So I just I just chilled out for two days. And what were some key things that helped you feel comfortable during that? 
just before I get into that, mm. I also, someone said to book it going into a weekend. Oh, yeah. Very good advice. Yeah, that, yeah, for yeah. sure. So comfort, comfort was, I mean, ice helps. It doesn't take much, like. We did frozen peas. Right, 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 right. Yeah, frozen peas. It didn't take much to, like, get comfortable other than yeah. the fact that, like, you're sitting in one place. Just prepare to sit in one place for a long time. Now, one person had given me the advice of getting you Speedo underwear, or I guess they're just called briefs. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Because apparently the tighter it's your balls are held to your body, the more supported they feel. Did you find that that was effective? I mean, or helped you feel more comfortable? I mean, I never tried without it. Mm. But so that's just what you did. I just did it. Yeah. But I also have like the type of, like my normal underwear, the type that like support your, mm-hmm. your junk, The right? sacks and the meundies. No, not. Is sacks and what's the other one? There's there's uh, three that beneath? I have. Yeah, there's sacks yeah. beneath and two under. Two under. Yes, that's yeah. right. I was mixing the names. I will also say if you're doing the frozen peas, get two of them because they do rotate every like 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. So that way we always had one going and one in the freezer and it was easy to swap those out as they got Well, I had a cooler defrosted. full of, I had a cooler full of like ice packs. Mm-hmm. And so I would just put the, the frozen peas between the ice packs while mm-hmm. I had one on my balls. Mm-hmm. And then when it was 20 minutes off, you know. So it's really 40 minutes of cool down per pee pack if properly done. Anyways. Are you ready for these questions? Sure. Okay. Did you have a scalpel vasectomy or a, what is it? What is the other one called? A no scalpel vasectomy. no scalpel vasectomy. No scalpel. And can you explain how that one works or do you even know? I watched Um, a video of it, so I know. So from what I understand, and I didn't watch it, but they basically create like a small, rather than like slicing it open and doing mm-hmm. a bunch of things, they just puncture a little hole. Mm-hmm. And then through that hole, they pull out from one side the, the vast deference. They cut it, mm-hmm. cauterize one end, and then they clip with like a little like a metal staple. I think they actually remove a, a, a section of the vast deference. Mm. Anyways, and through the same hole, they pull out the other side, vas deferens, which is like the channel through which sperm normally travel. It's like a little tube. They pull that side out. They do the same thing. Cut it, cauterize, clip. And then they push it all back in, put a single stitch in, and that's it. And the whole process takes, like, after you're there, like, when you from start to finish, like, after he's, like, stuff's frozen. Like, they do actually, like, that's the one thing. There's, I think that's the thing that a lot of people are scared of is that needle. How bad was it? On I a mean, scale of one to 10. Somebody asked on a scale of one to 10, how painful was the procedure? Like the needle was the worst part. Yeah. And, but it was like, it was as bad as a needle anywhere else. Okay. <laughs> like it was like, it wasn't that bad. It's nerve wracking because it's your balls. Yeah. But I mean, they're putting it, they're just putting it into the scrotum. Like they're not putting it into like, not jamming it into your testicle. And so this was one of the curious thoughts that I had and you explained it to me. So once it's all like those sections are cut, that like channel is cut, where does the sperm go? Because it doesn't mean that the sperm isn't still producing, but Mm. where does it go? So again, from what I understand, and I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I know. This is us just chattering. And I can't feel it or anything like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) But from what I understand, it kind of just like 
stays around in there. Yeah. And then gets flushed out through like your urine. urine. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Okay. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point for our academic careers. For me, that was grade 10. The moment I could drop French, I did. I grew up having to sit through French classes, never really enjoying it, just wanting to get out of it. And the second I could, I did. Now I'm married to somebody who is bilingual French-English, and my kids all are as well. And I've always felt so much regret and so left out. This is why I love Babbel. Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Whether you're traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, this is a great way to pick up a new skill. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts, and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access podcasts, games, stories, videos, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Join me. I'm doing it as well with my French lessons. And right now you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash papaya. That's babbel.com slash papaya for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Let's get back to the show. What was the process in getting it and how long did it actually take to get it done? Now, this is going to be different everywhere, but I, a lot of people asked about this, like the process between getting a doctor's appointment, going through to the urologist, because I think you had to go to the doctors first, get a referral. So I called I called my doctor. Yep. And I was like, hey, I want a referral for a vasectomy. And they she- warned you, you might not be able to get it because you've only had one. Well, no, they're basically like, they're going to want, like, there's a, they said there's an intake process because mm-hmm. that's the part where it's like, gotcha. there's an intake process to make sure that you're right. Like, gotcha. Like, if you're like 20 years old and you're just like wanting to, like, you know, go out and party and stuff, maybe you're not or being you just responsible. Don't want kids. Maybe, but I'm just saying, like, there's like a screening process yeah. to make sure that, you know, you're not going to regret it. Which I think is a bit is a bit archaic but maybe they're just trying to avoid reversals i don't know well the success of a reversal is about 70 something percent oh interesting so and it has to be done within like five years or something right i think it decreases i don't think it's impossible but like after five years the chances of okay uh, still great odds but yeah but anyway that's why they like they don't want to be doing reversals yeah i feel because i have the, the vasectomy procedure took me so it was like, like I said, it was like 20 minutes to half an hour mm. from like start to finish after everything was frozen. It's like in there, he's just chit-chatting, trying to keep me comfortable. So how long between when you called the doctors and you actually got a, actually, when you actually got a vasectomy? So after the referral, it was about maybe two months. So I, I got a referral in like late November, late November early December. Mm-hmm. And then I had a, an appointment in like February. 
Mm-hmm. Like to have the him like he he did a quick exam, so he squeezed my balls, which didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. It's like he's got to feel. Mm-hmm. Gotta feel like, oh, here's the thing, here's the thing. It like it took two seconds. Yeah. He's just like, grab this, grab this. But it's like, ah, like you're touching it. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. But anyways, it's not that big a deal. But And so from February you had an appointment to March. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Or April, I think it was. Okay. Does it change your libido or your arousal? No. Not, not at, all. at all. That has zero effect on that. In fact, the shitty part about vasectomy is that you can't do anything for like mm-hmm. a week yeah no sex some people were wondering how long until you get to have sex again so i think or it, ejaculate at all i think it's, i think it's like 10 days or something like that i thought it was a week but yeah somewhere around there it's, it's seven to ten days here's where covid came in because for shane we didn't realize that for some people testicular pain comes with covid so you basically got out of the gates from the vasectomy and immediately when you had COVID, you're like, I'm having pain again. I'm having some discomfort. Looked it up and sure enough, you had that as well. So we really took it easy. Well, I, I think too, like I'm still healing. Like it's like, yeah, I'm not even three weeks out. Yeah. Right. So like I can do things now, but I mean, there's still recovery happening. It's still like afterwards, it's still slightly uncomfortable because it's still healing. But you do not have a lowered sex drive? No, not at all. Okay. This is a huge concern for so many people's partners. Oh, okay. But like your testosterone still gets produced. It's not. Yeah. It's just the sperms don't get into the canal. It's yeah. Still, everything's still happening. Like everything is still brewing down there. Yeah. If anything, and this is not supported by any medical evidence but if anything you would think it would cause higher libido because you're not expelling Mm. you know like the urge is to expel and you're not technically doing that anyways did you appreciate being celebrated slash mourned for your sperm like did you think it was at the end of the day that we made a fuss about it did you like that i was neutral (laughs) I was completely neutral on it. <laughs> celebrating celebrating the mundane is, a, is what we do every day. Okay. A lot of people, this is not a question, but just a statement that the post-op checkup is incredibly important. Can you explain the post-op checkup, what's going to go on? Because we haven't actually gotten there yet, but you know, like what's the timeline of that? What needs to be done and why is it so important? So from my understanding, there is no checkup as much as there's I need to jizz in a cup Mm -hmm. and within two hours of doing so, I need to get it to the lab Mm -hmm. so they can get my sperm count and to make sure that at that point the the vasectomy is like, has taken and we can, we're good to go. I have an uncomfortable follow up to this because somebody asked based on their very recent experience where they went to do that post-op checkup on the sperm count and it's still at a high enough count where they are considered fertile. If that were to happen, because they're now facing this decision, would you get a vasectomy again? Probably. I mean, like, like it, it doesn't take that long. Right. You're comfortable enough to do it again. Okay. So here's, and this is, again, it's completely my experience. I've mm-hmm. heard some people have, you know, have had different, like, 
there's varying varying levels of discomfort after the fact but like at no point afterwards did it actually hurt like i, I was laying there because I, I knew i was supposed to this is helping so many people right now <laughs> i know it's your experience but but like i was just laying in bed because i was supposed to like you kept asking me like are you okay I'm like, mm-hmm. i feel fine i just I'm not going to push it, though. Like, I'm not going to get out of bed and start walking around and make it not fine. I think I also just, I had a baby last year. I remember how nice it was for people to remember that I was injured and had a baby. And like, how are your stitches? Are you feeling okay? Like, I think a lot of people just get so hyper-focused on this baby in front of you that they forget there's like this massive injury to your genitals. And I think I was just relating how much people kept asking or they'll make statements like it makes sense for a guy to get a vasectomy because the woman gives birth and all of this stuff that I was almost like, this must hurt a lot. I remember how much pain I was in just standing and letting blood flow happen to the area after giving birth. So I think I don't have a comparative to what it would feel like. So I just kept feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad because I remember pain. I I would say like if anybody's ever moved wrong or sat on a testicle and like the feeling afterwards that you might get like for a couple hours after that that's basically how the level of pain it felt like you you did something uncomfortable to your testicle and it only you can only really feel when you're up and moving around you don't feel it when you're laying there so like Mm. while you're laying there you feel nothing right when you're up and walking around you can feel it. it feels like you know like you twinge something in there but it doesn't like it doesn't feel like a surgery spring really does bring that feeling of newness doesn't it and this is one of those times you can start to feel inspired to spice things up explore your inner desires and fantasies and find stories that match your mood this season on dipsy Dipsy is an app that's full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. You can find stories that have an intriguing coworker with a British accent, yes, please, or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. They even have stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign. No joke. New content is released every week, so you are never going to get bored. In between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore as well. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and they now offer written stories. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of this show, and trust me, you're going to want to check out Dipsy. If you haven't already, you know I love Dipsy. But for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya dipsystories.com slash papaya. You will not regret this. Go check it out and let's get back to the show. How would you say, now this is like, I don't even know if we can answer this question, but a lot of people, I'm, I'm seeing this pop up a lot of how do you approach this conversation? A lot of people who are done having kids, they're but they haven't made this like conclusive decision. And so somebody's on birth control, it's likely hormonal or of something. And they're really 
hoping for a vasectomy in their situation. There is also obviously female sterilization, which is a much more invasive process. My sister had that done, but it was part of like her cesarean. So it was like that just made the most sense to do it at the same time. Now for us, we never even had the conversation of me having it. Like it always, I don't know, was that presumptuous of me? Like, was that something like, I always felt like it was your idea because you were the only one that ever brought it up before, I guess, in the very beginning. So did you feel like you had a choice? And on the other side of that, how would you, if it were something that was not brought up by you, do you think it could be brought up by a partner? I mean, I don't know. Yes. Like, I don't know about the second part of it. It's up for other people to have that discussion or not. It's mm-hmm. not. But I mean, in terms of like me wanting it versus wanting you to get it done, if you had whatever the procedure is called. Uh, tubes tying. Or, yeah. That's not what it's medically called. I don't know. I don't know. What it's called. We on the either. street call it. Yeah. But uh, if you had that Tubal done. Tubal litigation. Right. Okay. If you had that done, you're not having more kids, right? Like you're you're good. Oh, okay. You're good. If our If our relationship ends. You continue to not have another kid. Mm-hmm. If our relationship ends and I don't have a vasectomy, I potentially have another kid. Right. So that's like a consideration. Like For sure. And I brought that up. If I, if I say I don't want another kid, me, like if Sh- Shane does not want to have another baby ever again, the only way to guarantee that is for me to do something. Yes. And I was where I did say that to you. What if I die? do you want to have more kids? Like we need to kind of work out these variables here. Like, yeah, there's this chance of it being reversible, but like I knew I was done, but that's still brought into us having a couple's decision-making. I'll be honest with you. So much of birth control is so put on a woman. Like it's just like, since we're so young, it's all about protecting yourself against pregnancy or I think it's different now, but like it was taught in school. Like it was like so common, like you had to be protected against pregnancy. You could not rely upon condoms. You couldn't always trust somebody with condoms. There's so much fear around getting pregnant. And then you go into, you know, family planning where you're like actively having children or avoiding it. And I think that there was this part when you went through it something in the air of our relationship changed. And I think that that was so shocking to, maybe it was to you too, but it was to me, but we were just, I think I expected a little bit of mourning. Like we've closed the chapter. It's done. I'm officially retiring my uterus. Like we are good. No more babies, no more birth. Like this is the end. And to like know that moment is pretty huge, but we were almost giddy. Like there was like an excitement about it. It wasn't yeah, sad. Because now there's no like, there's no accidents. You know, you're not like making a mistake when you've had a couple to drink and then everything's if everything goes well, then yeah, like that's it's a very it's I think it was such a liberating experience to feel like, oh, my gosh, you did this. And now we're going to have a totally different sex life. Yeah. So like whenever. Yeah. My sister said it's okay that I said she had dupe litigation. I just panic texted her. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Is it okay? I said this on the pod. Okay. Yeah. So many are just saying that their husbands are just shunning the idea. Like they're scared of it. They're just feeling like it's way too much pain. They don't want to go through it. They're avoiding it. They avoid the conversation. Overall perception versus reality. Was it better or worse than you expected? And what was maybe something that was unexpected? So again, I can't speak for anybody else. You know, if people are afraid, like I was afraid because it's literally the most sensitive part on a 
man's body, right, is the part that we protect all the time. Mm-hmm. If you were about to get hit in the eyes and in the balls at the same time, you would protect your balls. Oh, yeah. You know? So I can see why people would be afraid because I was afraid. But at the same time, I'm like, if I'm just thinking about, like, I know people have gotten this done. I know millions of people have gotten this done. Mm-hmm. The guy who did my vasectomy, he says he's done thousands, like thousands. And let me read out one of the most, like this is from an actual medical website. Vasectomy will not affect your sex drive. It does not decrease your sex drive because it does not affect the production of the male hormone testosterone. It also does not affect your ability to get an erection or ejaculate. So there you go. But that doesn't have anything to do with the pain thing. I know, but as you were talking, I was also Googling because everyone was asking, like, they're afraid of the pain, but then there's this other rumor. Like, I can't even tell you. I went through, after we got those comments on the TikTok, I was like, what are people talking about? Like, what is going on? I didn't share a lot. Like, a lot of it wasn't even, like, negative towards us, but they're like, no, I'm not risking my sex drive for that. Like, no, like, he won't be able to get it up after this. Like, there was so much of that. And I was so confused about what was possibly going on. I was like, these things aren't even correlated. But then I started to worry. And up until we actually did have sex again, I was a little afraid that it was going to feel different. That's why I was like, is everything okay? Like, do you feel fine? Did that feel normal? But you did have one thing that was a little bit different for you. I wonder if like people would have had a similar reaction (laughs) if I would have like pierced my dick. Like if I decided- If I decided I wanted to pierce my dick, Mm. which potentially through injury could have prevented me from from getting a hard on, it could have prevented me, it could have changed the way sex felt. Yeah. It could have done a lot of like the similar, but like what if I posted or if you posted on Instagram that I pierced my dick, would would this have gotten the same backlash? I mean, and when you get it, when you pierce your dick, it's not a medical professional doing it. Yeah, that's true. It's a piercer. But there is a lot of like, that's a, that's a big hesitation. There's the pain and that it's going to affect your sex drive. Did you worry about that at all? Did you think about that? Or did you just already know the information? I worried about the pain. I didn't worry about the sex drive thing because that's, that's poppycock. Like, mm. I'm a man of science. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I, I, Over-researching I, everything. I read things that are credible. No, but let's go back to something that did surprise you because you mentioned it today. After having sex again for the first time, you did notice something. What was it? Yeah, like about about an hour after, my balls ached a little bit like they were healing again. But apparently that's, that's normal uh, to happen for a little while because of something to do with like the fact that your body ne- needs to get used to the fact that it's not expelling or mm. doing what it expects to do but like it was again it wasn't painful it was it was discomfort i mean i've had a similar discomfort after you know waiting a long time or yeah doing too much foreplay that type of thing (laughs) okay well that's good information to know and for me personally i had a relative i don't have consent so i had a relative who had endometriosis and after that it's in our family and after a tubal had a really bad happening after that so i've always kind of not been against getting a tubal for myself but just like was very aware that that was a possibility now i have to bring my sister back up for a second because 
after I asked her about like if it was okay that I shared that she had the tubal done, she did share that it was asked that if she wanted to have it during like she had an emergency C-section and they asked her just moments before that because they were opening her up. And so I do think like reflectively looking back, she's thankful that they were able to do it and perform it, but she's also very aware of the fact that that was not an ideal time to be giving consent to that kind of a thing. Uh, that's also me kind of interjecting my opinion on that because she was in labor. I don't I don't know that anybody in labor is like, yeah, I'm going to do this again or I'm not. That's a really hard time to have that conversation. So if you go down that path, like I think before entering into, and this is like an interesting conversation and I don't mean to be morbid, but like there's a reason we didn't choose to have the vasectomy before Lemmy was born. I did have a higher risk pregnancy. We weren't really 100% sure. And there was like this, okay, like we did still want to have her and have that experience before making the decision about it or not. If it was offered to me at the time of birth, I don't know what my decision would be. And I still- I don't think you can do that at home. No, you can't give a tubal at home. I'm just saying in general- I do think that these kinds of conversations are maybe important to be having along the way, but ours has been along the way for years and years and years and became very solidified after Lemmy was born. And we began that process once we knew, I don't know, when did this kind of start last fall? I mean, the conversation basically started immediately after Lemmy was born. Mm, Yeah. It was more like, when do I have time to do it? Like, when can I take time off work? Yeah. I mean, it's only a couple of days, but... I, I, I find it difficult to take time off work. And overall, did you find that there was more than two days of recovery? Like, what would you say was your full recovery time? Two days down, you said that. So, I mean, I, I would say it was about a week until I felt generally normal. But like I said, I'm still technically recovering. Like, there's still certain things. But I mean, it's it's not preventing me from living my life. Right. At all. Right. It's more like I'm, I know I'm not done healing. Mm-hmm. I'll say as your caretaker, this was, the vasectomy was easier than any cold you've ever had. Like I know the joke is the man cold, but like realistically you were mentally gray. There wasn't anything like you were just very still. I had to be gone at work the whole next day. And I was like texting you like, are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Like you were very chill about the entire thing, but just very like, I'm just going to be still for two days. And then we got back out to walking the next day. You started being around, but I was mentally prepared for you to be like down and out and like miserable. And you were actually like just super normal. It was just you chilling out in bed. Yeah. I think I, the, the reason I did that, the reason I just sat in bed, even though I felt fine, was because I I wanted to be fine after. Yeah. People tend to tend to push themselves when they feel okay. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't do that. I don't have any more questions. Everyone's questions were basically the same over and over and over. But our experience has been a really, really good one, minus all of the backlash. But I think ended up opening up a bigger conversation about vasectomies, some of the misconceptions around them, how women are treated in a mutual relationship when a man makes that decision for himself. It was widely assumed that I made the decision for you, widely assumed. And like, even, even I got a couple DMs of like, is this what he wants? Like, are you sure you're not forcing him to do it? Because I was the one with four kids and you only had this quote unquote one kid because you're a step parent to three. And I think a lot of that was like, 
very alarming, very surprising how much people really wrote off your experience as being a dad and a stepdad. And also just like this expectation that I would just continue to deliver children for you if that's what you had wanted. And ultimately brought us home to like a lot of good, healthy conversations about our relationship. It was something that really solidified, not solidified our decision, but really just, I think brought about a lot of perceptions that are out there that we didn't even know were there i thought we were just making a funny vasectomy joke yeah i don't i don't know why people are so concerned with each other's genitals it's fascinating isn't it yeah it's it's weird yeah or even you know our friends alicia and scott they're made the decision to not have kids and the amount of like backlash they get from not wanting to have children is just so shocking that's like a a whole life choice right like it's weird though like why do you care about that i don't know it's so bizarre very weird like yeah i think oftentimes we want to like interject how we would do things on other people but that would just make life so boring if everybody did the same stuff yeah we already do a little bit too much of the same things imagine how shitty food would be if nobody ever did anything different right so true. Well, team vasectomy, we had a great time. I personally, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I never said it was a great time. <laughs> and then we got COVID. We are day eight of COVID now, which is why we're probably talking a little slower. We're very tired. We're <laughs> very out. But overall, like, thanks everyone for asking questions and being curious about it because we didn't know many people having these conversations, talking about it. Clearly, there's a lot of stuff going around out there about it. And I'm glad that we could share our experience. And honestly, I'm so stoked for that three-month mark. I'm stoked to get the results back. I'm stoked for the rest of life and being able to just close that door on that Close that door. Close that. Yeah, that fertility door. We're done. Close that book. Close that book. Chapter. There we go. And chapter. That chapter is closed. You yeah. don't close a chapter though. Do I you? think you do. Do you close a chapter? I think you do. Don't you read it and then like? Will you put close it the you? page? Well, it's put behind us. That chapter is no. The chapter's closed. That must be the saying. I feel like it is. I don't know. That seems weird though because I've never closed a chapter before. But either way. The decisions they made, it's made us just so much more. For me, it's mentally just made me appreciate everything. Lemmy was already the one that we never thought we'd have. Like she's already this like bonus to our whole life that we never thought we'd experience. And I'm so grateful for her. And I'm also so done. Yeah. She's an amazing baby. She is. She's going to be around for at least another 18 years Mm -hmm. in our house. Yep. I know. What, What more could you want? I know. We're very excited about that. And I think that sometimes when you hear people make these decisions, you're like, oh, why was the baby making like having a baby that bad that you're like, let's get a vasectomy. It's like, no, it's actually so great. And we're very much done and it's time to move on. Let's not forget. I also had really extreme depression during pregnancy and it was higher risk. Like I, I don't know that I would ever mentally be able to go back down that path, but I'm very happy with the outcome of it. I also like the I, I like the idea that we can put a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Like the the other three kids are, are a little bit older, we can put so much energy into Lemmy. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I know, and they and put she, so much energy into her too. And she has three siblings. I know, they're just great. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully, this has been insightful and fun and helped ease all of those little worries. But as always. 
talk to somebody, talk to your doctors. This was for us, we're in Ontario. This was covered by OHIP. So this was not a paid procedure. It was covered under our healthcare plans other than a couple of days off of work. Oh, actually, yeah, Thursday and a Friday off of work. And he rested up for the weekend and we're back on Monday. For us as a family, it really was just a tiny blip and we're really excited for what's next. So thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.